Sedano hey. and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. O'Shea Jackson Jr. going to join us to, uh, of course, talk about Kobe and his 81-point game because ain't nobody going to be more hyped to talk about the book of Kobe than our pal O'Shea Jackson Jr. Clinton Yates was on with us on Wednesday. We talked a little bit about Kobe Bryant's 81-point game with him. Of course, uh, we now have him on again this week, so it's an extra good week, LZ. Now, he mm. sat in for you, and now we bring him back. Uh, it's mm. uh, an, another opportunity to talk to Clinton, mm. uh, albeit for to memorialize someone, which we will in a second. Um, but l- let me ask you this, uh, Clinton. I got, mm-hmm. I got some questions for you here. Because LZ and I earlier were talking about uh, LZ's man, Dan Campbell. And he's going to be LZ's man because LZ's from the D, okay? okay? And we were talking about how he looks like PC Principal from South Park. Are you familiar with said character? <laughs> I'm familiar with said character, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he, not only is he a, a cartoon-like figure, um, but it just also highlights like that the NFL hiring practices still – really awful in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that Dan Campbell doesn't deserve an actual shock. He's only been an interim coach. But how can my man Eric Bieniemy, who is on a Super Bowl champion, may go to the Super Bowl again this year, uh, learning at the foot of Andy Reid where offense is so important. How does my man EB not even get a sniff of one of these jobs right now? Now there's the short answer and the long answer. We know the short answer, but I'm going to keep it chill since it's a Friday. I'm going to go after... LZ's Detroit Lions. We don't even got to go to the whole NFL for me to clown (laughs) that franchise. You went from Matt Patricia to that dude. Right, the the pencil in the ear. Patricia was so – I am a certified television pencil pusher. He was as embarrassing as a pencil pusher as he was as an NFL football coach. That guy, the bar, was already on the floor. And it somehow <laughs> went lower with one team in one fell swoop. The same team that fired Jim Caldwell after he made the playoffs twice. What are you doing? The Lions are so stupid. Oh, I know, anyway, dog. Trust me. I know. It is so, it's so embarrassing. Like, I have, like, um, so I have, like, this shelf in our bedroom, like, I'm a nerd, so I have two things in the bedroom that embodies everything about me. One is a bookshelf of like almost all the books I've ever read. And then the other is a shelf that has got all the sports paraphernalia. And I gradually pushed all my Detroit Lion stuff in the back <laughs> behind like terrible towels and and and, 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 and bobbleheads because I was so embarrassed that that dude was representing my city, my state. My region of the country. I was like, this is awful. He has a nameplate that says dude on it, on his actual (laughs) office. Of course, in the actual building. If I walk up to this guy in a press room and I go, what's up, dude? He better reply. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is going on? The whole situation is a debacle. I'm sorry. I was like, we couldn't get a Leslie Frazier. Like, right. I'm not even. I'm not even shooting for Eric Bainey because he, he's too good. For, we couldn't. Come on, dog. We couldn't call up Jim and just been like, going, yo, we made a mistake. Come back home." Like, yeah. I mean, listen. This is the same league, though. We were talking about this last week, LZ. Tom Flores is a two-time Super Bowl champion as a coach. He won a Super Bowl as an assistant. <laughs> won one as a quarterback. Okay, he is the first Latino coach quarterback. All these things to win. 
it's going to take the Veterans Committee to get him in this time, and it's going to probably just happen. And also, by the way, a really crafty and smart campaign by Very. Coors Light. But it's like, this is the league, you know? This is yeah, the league, I mean. man. The NFL is very protectionist of themselves for reasons I don't understand. Like, baseball might be the crustiest of the crusty, yeah. but, like, football is the most girded of the girded, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, speak who cleans house and then brings him in? Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your Detroit Lions, that's who. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, so, anyway, what? Uh, let me ask you this. Obviously – you know, Hank Aaron's passing today. Mm -hmm. Where were you when the news happened? What went through your mind immediately? You know, I woke up, and it was one of those, you know, out here on the West Coast, you know, it was one of those you woke up, we wake up, and when somebody passes, it's typically the first thing you see. So I saw it this morning, and, you know, the thing about Hank is that Hank, Hank was old. I mean, this is not something that I think from sort of a, a basic shock value standpoint really hit me hard, but... There's a very interesting part about Henry Lewis Aaron that I think a lot of people sort of forget, which is not just the home run stuff, not just the ability, the fortitude, and everything it took for him to overcome all of the abuse he withstood, withstood whilst getting ready to pass Babe Ruth. It's just his baseball life is like completely sort of forgotten behind all of that stuff. And I was lucky enough, and I literally realized this earlier today when somebody pointed it out to me on Twitter. It was about two years ago, literally to the day tomorrow, that I first visited Mobile, Alabama and went to Hank Aaron Stadium, hmm. where next door to it is the Hank Aaron Museum, which is his childhood home with basically every piece of paraphernalia from his life that ever existed in one place. Now, that experience for me, because I was at the, um, the Senior Bowl Covering that down in Mobile, if, you've, if either one of you have ever been to that, you know that if it rains, that the practices get moving doors and you're doing nothing all day. I said, well, hey, let me slide on over to the ballpark. Knocked on the door. They were like, what are you doing here? I said, I don't have anything to do. They said, bro, place is yours. So I was in there for two hours wow. by myself just taking it all in. And it was kind of – I described it on Twitter as an out-of-body experience because getting to intake that kind of a life – I mean, my man was born in the 30s, you know, and I said this on TV today, LZ. He's from the seeing some things generation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't just what you looked at on TV or what you read in the papers or what you heard about because your parents told you about. It's what was happening in your life every day in front of your face every minute. That's the America that Hank Aaron grew up in. And there's just so many stories about the fact that. You know, his whole baseball existence, he didn't play high school baseball because of the way segregation worked. So he ended up playing with the Black Bears in Mobile, you know, who were a Negro League team independently. And he then goes from there to the actual Negro Leagues and then to the bigs. Like, people forget the whole journey that was his life. His younger brother played baseball as well. And I just want people to remember that Hank Aaron was more than just sort of home runs and racism overcoming. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's a whole existence there that explains a lot about black America, never mind Hank Aaron's life. He still leads the league in ribbies and total bases and extra base hits. Like, okay, come on, guys. This guy was a unbelievable ball player, no questions asked. And, and he did all that while never striking out more than 100 times in a season. Mm. He did all that career-wise, what was it, 305 was his batting average? Like normally yeah, he won when you, two NL batting titles. We, we normally, when you hear about that kind of power, the home runs, the ribbies, the on-base percentage, et cetera, 
you normally kind of assume that like strikeouts came with that, right? But no, he was no. just like just disciplined hitter. Yes, LZ the man started playing baseball batting cross-handed. For those of you who don't know what that means, if you're a right-handed batter, your left hand goes on the bottom. This mm. kid was playing at a <laughs> at a relatively late age with his left hand on top, batting right-handed. Okay, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. They right. figured it out. Guy ends up winning homers. You know what else he did? In high school baseball, everybody will know this, which are allowed for you to use for a bat, the maximum is drop four, meaning the weight can be no more than four less than the length. Hank Aaron swung a bat that was plus three, and it was 38-35. That's like the biggest piece of lumber anybody in the modern era ever used. This dude was just on a different level when it came to hitting the baseball. And some of those details about the actual game, I want people to remember, that's what made Hank so tremendous. Baseball dude through and through, not just some guy that hit homers and ran around the bags when a couple of hippies decided they wanted to run on the field and try to ruin his moment. Clinton Yates of The Undefeated. Make sure you check out his work there. Check out his work on Twitter, at Clinton Yates. Um, Clinton, one last thing before we let you go. We'd be uh, remiss if we didn't talk championship weekend with you Mm. um, to get back to football here for a second. Uh, Who do you like and why? Just uh, as we, you know, discuss that on the way out here. I think the Bills have figured out the fact that they cannot blitz Pat Mahomes that much because his QBR goes up past 150 when you send extra rushers at him. And I think that the Packers are not going to play nearly as bad of a game as they did against the Bucks the first time around. You ain't going to get no pick sixes from discount double check. So I got Packers, and I actually think the Bills are going to win this football game. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. That's spicy. Yeah. I like Look that. at you being That's crazy. It. it's friday look out let's go uh clinton thank you so much for always making time for us man appreciate it anytime gentlemen have an excellent weekend and by the way if i had to be in any rapper's video it would be my man oh that's right you You did text me that thank you for bringing that back up thank you so much all right i'll see you guys later all right man be good there he is clinton yates with us here make sure you follow him on social and check out his work at The Undefeated. Uh, LZ, you and I can talk championship weekend next, and we still haven't talked about damn Anthony Davis being super honest, so let's just get that uh, in there too before (laughs) O'Shea joins us at 6.40. And I got a story about the grocery store. All these things have to happen in one segment, so we are back in three minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Elsie, you think pimps can use Venmo these days? I mean, it seemed like it would make things a lot easier. You know, if you get busted and the cops are trying to, like, find evidence, you know, you're like going, I don't have any money on me. You know, but Cash app. Cash yeah. app. But then again, PayPal. people can always cancel the transaction. So <laughs> there is that. Cryptocurrency. So you know what I mean? So just, I'm told. <laughs> Bitcoin. Can I pay Bitcoin. you Bitcoin? <laughs> it just seems like there's got to be ways to kind of streamline the process so there's less paperwork. <laughs> Sedano and LZ with you here. O'Shea Jackson Jr. going to join us in about 10 minutes. Um, Real quick, before I get to Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. um, So I went to the grocery store yesterday. Because, you know, like Ralph's Pavilions, all these, you know, they all got um, these wine sales, right? Double discount weekend, this, that, and the other. So they had one that was 
30% off, triple discount, Ooh. okay, on imported wines. And I've been eyeing this one Italian wine that I wanted to try, right? And mm-hmm. it's expensive. So I'm like, oh, triple discount, 30% off. It ain't close to being as expensive as I want. Because I, I feel like there's a limit that I, that I could spend on a bottle of wine and feel good about it, okay? Right. Um, so I'm like, cool, this thing's going to be you know, way cheaper now. So I go, and of course, they run out. So, but you got to get the six to get the triple discount too, right? Like you got to get the six pack. So I'm like, so I was going to buy like five kind of cheapier wines, you know, and get the one fancy one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go and they're out. So I tell the lady, it's really nice uh, lady, Hispanic lady. She's from Chile um, who uh, always talks to me in Spanish because nobody ever talks to her in Spanish there. Um, and, you know, she's like, oh, I'll order it for you. Let me get your info, whatever. So, okay, cool. Here's my info. You know, uh, you know, she writes down the wine, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. When you get to the register, just let them know to call me and I'll bring the, the, uh, the tag on the shelf so they can scan it and you can just, you know, pay for it and you're good. And I'll call you when it's ready. I'm like, all right, cool. So I take the other five bottles uh, to the register and I say, hey, can you call Nina? Nina was the lady's name. They call Nina over. Nina comes. She gives them the ticket on the thing that was on the rack where the bottle was. And they scan it. And, you know, I just, they're like, all right, you're good. So I swipe my credit card or whatever, my debit card. And I get the receipt, put it in my pocket, and I walk out, right? Yeah. So I get a call today. I'm actually on the phone with Chris Morales today. And my phone is blowing up from some number. And it's, you know, and it's a local number, 310. And I'm like, I keep, I hit decline, right? I'm like, it calls again. I hit decline. And I'm like, yo, let me, let me call you back because I got this call. This number keeps calling me. So I pick up the phone. And it is Nina. And Nina is practically in tears, okay? And she's telling me. And I said, oh, is the, I, I said, is the wine there? Are you okay? Like, you, you got a cold or something? Are you sick? And, you know, she, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, man, maybe she has coronavirus or something. And she can't have my bottle or something, you know? Um, and she's like, no, no, no. I, ran, I grabbed the wrong um, placard from the rack. And I charged you for a bottle of wine that was $10. And it was way, obviously the one I wanted was way more than $10. (laughs) And she was like, I'm so sorry. And my manager is freaking out. And I'm like, Nina, don't worry about it. This afternoon, can you wait for a couple hours until my wife gets back so somebody can take care of these children and I could go and and we'll figure it out. I'll bring the receipt. You can take off the $10 bottle, charge me for whatever the other one is. And so I went over there and I did that for old Nina. And I even said to her, hey, is your manager around? She said, no. She, I said, okay, because I'll talk to him. You know, you are very helpful all the time when I come here because she's in charge of the liquor part of the store. Really nice lady, but she was almost in tears. Uh, so I felt the need, like, because I said, she said, you can wait if you want. You can come back whenever the wine is here. And I'm like, you sound really disturbed. I'm going to come back as soon as possible. So I feel like <laughs> I did my good deed for the day. Do you, you believe did. that was a good deed for the day? It was a very, very good deed because I've been like, oh, girl, I don't know what you're talking about. Was that me? <laughs> And I did look at the receipt when she was talking to me. I was like, oh, shoot. You know, like, she's right. And I was like, damn. But it didn't, I didn't realize it because it was, you know, I bought some other stuff from the grocery store. So, like, there was stuff mixed in, right? So, when the total seemed right in my head. Right. Um, but, yeah, man, I, you know, so I had to do something nice for her. Like, I, so just. That's a good be- thing. That is a very good thing. See. You were listening to Amanda Gorman. You were being the light. I was. You know what? Amanda Gorman did inspire me, and she is LA's own, and shout out to her. Shout um, out to her. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, 
But I, I do think like most people would have been like, like you said, even though you wouldn't have done that for real. But you, you like most people are like, oops, sorry, too bad, so sad, you know. And then yeah, the poor I, person I at the store gets on the hook. I wouldn't have done it for someone that I had some sort of like casual relationship with. But if it was a complete stranger, I don't have to calculate the miles. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how much gas am I going to spend? How much gas am I going to spend? Is it traffic? Is it, yeah. Am I going back at five or am right. I going back like at seven? Like, yeah. it would have been a process. I, I would have needed to do algebra, which right. you guys. Oh, all there hate. you go. There, there we you go. Back to algebra. There you go. Back uh, to algebra. Greg, would you have gone back? Are you a softy like me? Yes, I would have, especially if they called me and said, "Hey, you know, we accidentally undercharged you." And be like, "Okay, I'll be back there as soon as I can." Absolutely. Yeah, Laura. One hundred percent. I would have. I've worked retail, so I know how hard it is. I would. Yeah. Have I worked retail too. Don't be trying to pull the retail card. <laughs> I work retail too. You see that card she just pulled out? She's trying to try to make it sound like well, Elsie's not of the people. I am, and I blah blah blah. No, I I pay for college through retail. So listen, I mm. retail too. I'm just okay. saying I would have had to calculate the miles. I mean, I'm not mad at you. I'm not I, in LA. You got to do that, you know, because it's it could be three miles, exactly. but it's 45 minutes. You yeah. know, so I feel you, but I would have done it for sure. Yeah. Um, so Anthony Davis has been doing that thing, um, but not as consistently as he would like LZ. And he's been very honest about his play this year, even calling out their defense in that Spurs game a couple weeks ago. Yep. And Laura, I know we have some sound. He didn't like his game yesterday. LeBron was amazing. KCP was amazing. And AD isn't feeling himself lately. Here's what AD said. Right now, I'm so hard on myself, man. I, I think I suck right now. Man, I'm not making shots. I'm not making free throws. But I think tonight, my aggressiveness, you know, just being in the post and, and getting to the paint, you know, allow guys to, to get open. You know, I, I trust, you know, my teammates. AC hit one for me. Um, Brian hit one. And, and Kenny hit one. And... You know, they're in the right spots where, where I want those guys when I have the ball in the post and was able to just make the read you know, with their guys doubling or uh, collapsing to the paint when I get there and was able to kick it out and, and those guys made shots. Those guys made shots. So you know, I think just my aggressiveness tonight, aggressiveness tonight opened up the floor for everyone. And you know, that's the only way I feel like you know I'm going to get out of this you know, funk or whatever. Um, I, love I love this. I, I love, love this it. new AD, right? <laughs> right. I love it. I absolutely love it. Anthony Davis is leading the team in player efficiency rating. And he says he sucks right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it because, you know, there were questions when he was traded, and certainly there were questions, you know, during the first half of the season about whether or not he had he, he clearly had the talent, yeah. but whether or not he had the mentality to assume the mantle when LeBron retired in 12 years. Mm -hmm. And it is those kind of comments and his willingness to call out his teammates as well as himself that is giving me more and more confidence. Yes, yes, he is ready to assume that role. Yes, he is ready to be the number one definitively, clearly, no second questions, no not, no second guessing and no questions asked when LeBron eventually t retires in 2050. I have all the confidence in the world now that Anthony Davis is ready to continue to lead us to championships the way that Kobe kept leading us to championships once Shaq departed right. because and of what he said. Yeah, I, I, his attitude has changed in a lot of ways. Like, he went from being kind of, I don't want to call him meek, 
But I would say his personality was reserved, right? Yep. Like that's mm-hmm. probably a good way to describe it. Yep. Um, and he is all, he is very comfortable in his skin right now, uh, both when it comes to conversations off the floor and certainly now we know when it comes to on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, th- this is what you want to see. And remember, I know that he's been around for like a decade or whatever. But, he's but he still was a baby young. when he came into the league. He's still young. He was such a baby when he came yes. into the league. Such a ch- like he was a child, literally. Like he was 18, 19 years old or whatever. Exactly. It was. Yeah. Now um, he's he's twenty seven and yeah. he's making the appropriate steps in terms of his maturation. Because as I said, the game was always there. Right. You know, so it wasn't a question of him. He's not Brandon Ingram where you were waiting to see if the if the skill set would develop in order to become an all star. That's yeah. not him. No. It was always about whether or not he was willing to do the things necessary as a vocal leader of a championship caliber team that you would need from your number one. And this season, he is saying, yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, I, I do think it is pretty impressive, the uh, personality growth that he's had. There's no doubt about that. Um, all right. We are going to celebrate Kobe's 81-point performance and talk a little more Lakers with the biggest Laker fan we know, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Uh, We'll talk to him about the Book of Kobe, uh, as he likes to call it, in uh, two and a half minutes. Sit down on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Friday, it is the 15-year anniversary of the Kobe Bryant 81-point game. Make sure you check out the story I wrote for ESPN.com and the ESPN app. It's on my Twitter page as well, talking to a bunch of the guys uh, who were excellent defenders in that generation, some of the best, if not the best, in that era including Tony Allen, who Kobe said was the best defender he ever faced, uh, talking to me about the challenges of facing Kobe Bryant in his prime. Uh, We are going to talk to the number one Kobe fan uh, that we know around here, and that is O'Shea Jackson Jr., actor extraordinaire, friend of the program and the station. Where were you on January 22nd, 2006, O'Shea? Well... This is a quite the annoying story for me because uh, <laughs> me and my family, we, we go to Laker games all the time. And I remember, uh, this is before I can drive, so I'm going to you know let everyone know that, a little bit of preface. But, yeah, uh, my dad, I remember him saying, you know, it's a random Sunday versus the random Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Let's just hang back and watch it on TV tonight. And my older brother was the only one of our family to go. And what happened? <laughs> Kobe scores 81 points, and I'm sitting frustrated in my room. So that's where I was. <laughs> Did you at least Did watch the pop? game? Yo, oh, yeah, we, we watched. You know, we're diehard Laker fans, but I blame my dad for us not going. Mm. I, 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 I can see that. I can see that. When you when you look back on that game in relationship to everything else that Kobe has done just on the court specifically, where do you rank that? Is this his greatest achievement? Are there other games or other moments you still have higher? Like perhaps his last game is his career? Uh, yeah, that last game. Uh, you know, anybody that knows me, that goes up there at number one. Um, I would say number two is game seven against Boston. You know, there was so much riding on not only Kobe's legacy on that game, but his Laker legacy. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be one of those Lakers that never got over the Celtics. And for it to be Kobe, I know we as Laker fans would have never heard the end of that, but 81 points is, that's just like, 
it's such a major part of basketball history. But Kobe's so great. I put it third. I mean, I, as crazy as that sounds, 81 being third on any list for somebody's achievements. But, yeah, I, I, it's just something about his last game, that 60 points, coming back from the Achilles, you know, just a farewell tour. Um, that that's, that's my number one. But 81, still not touched. Uh, I know Devin Booker got close with that 70-point that game, but – that was a loss. You should probably be a Laker. You could get some winning going on. But you know how <laughs> What was the most exciting game you saw Kobe play that you did see live? Uh, his last game. I was oh, okay. there. I was there for that and okay. for the Boston game seven. And uh, have never been more nervous in my life. <laughs> I, I remember going into his last game thinking, just let him get 25. Right. You know, just let, just let Kobe get 25. Yeah. And he came out bricking. Like <laughs> he missed the first yeah. five in a row. Yeah. And I just yeah. remember looking at my brother like, please, please, please. And it felt like a playoff game, you know, against the Jazz. Everybody remembers the Jazz as yeah. you know the team that Kobe airballed against. So it was just so much redemption. And uh, yeah, that's that's by far that's my my greatest Kobe memory is that last game. Man, yeah, I didn't even go to the game because, to your point, he had been playing and shooting so poorly. I didn't want to be present to see him flame out. Right. And right. When, when he started balling, I was like, I got to get the staples. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you can't ever count him out. Don't ever count him out. Even though, you know, some people wanted to watch Golden State get the record for most wins in the season. And they lost that championship, by the way. I just want to remind everybody. But, you know, it, it, it's just the Mamba for for all the years that we've been riding for him and, and just been been down. When we when we were terrible cheering for Kobe, I had to be at that I had to be at that <laughs> last game. And he pulled through like he always did. Like he always showed us. And it's just the, the cherry on top. All right, so what do you make of what you're seeing from this roster this year? Sedano. <laughs> I oh, work so good. It trips me out, dude. It really does, like, like it trips me out. Like, first of all, I forget that when you win the championship, you're just worried about the playoffs the next season. Like, that's all I can – I can't get it out of my head. Like, I'm having a hard time enjoying this season like completely because I'm just dying to get back to the playoffs so I could win another one. I mean, I do get some excitement from watching uh, the Nets every time they play the Cavaliers for some reason. That brings me joy. But other than that, I've just been dying to get this team into the playoffs. I still feel like we need, you know, one more athletic rim protector. But we're just shooting the lights out. KCP, just build the statue for him now. And you see, like, LeBron and AD are just – they're still on cruise control. Like, we're not even at our final form. THT, Taylor, we're getting tats already. Caruso the GOAT. Life is great for a Laker right now. <laughs> I'm not going to sit up here and say that I detected any lies because I did not see any lies whatsoever. <laughs> You are absolutely right. I think it was last week that I was just like, damn, the squad is so good. Well, we, we were joking. It's funny, O'Shea. LZ and I were joking 
um, the night they lost to the Warriors. That, but that day, we were on the air for only 90 minutes leading into the game and the pregame, and we were like, man, they're so good, they're boring. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, and then they lost to the Warriors, so it felt like we jinxed them a little bit after oh, that. Oh, we definitely jinxed them. That was definitely on so, us. A, a thousand percent. But, yeah, dude, it's just like, you know, it feels kind of like, like uh, when Kobe and Shaq won their first one. Okay, that was, you know, that was electric. That back-to-back season, that 2001 those are some of the most boring games of my entire life. <laughs> right. It was the most boring playoff I've ever experienced. Right. And I love it. I want to be asleep. I don't care. <laughs> Destroy these teams. Like, go on these runs. Just ruin their fans. I love it. I love it. Because there's, there's really – you can tell that the Lakers aren't even going at full speed. Yeah. And then for some reason, randomly, they'll be like, all right, yeah, let's turn it on. And it just starts raining. Like, it is, we're better than we were last year. And we still have pieces that are missing that you can tell are missing, but you're still destroying these teams. It's, it's, it's so good to be a Laker. I, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do for these other 29 teams. Disgusting. You don't, you don't need to do anything for them. Just let them watch. Kevin Durant won't even answer my text anymore. I told him Lakers in five, and I can't even get anything from him. Wow. I'm looking for him right now. Wow. Maybe you need to check an alternate number. You know he does the burner thing a lot. Maybe you yeah. need to check that. No, stop. Listen, wait a minute. All right, that's my boss right now, okay? I work for Swagger right now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Listen, it was me that said it. it tell Listen, like old girl from Game of Thrones, let him know it was me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, switching gears just for a second, because, you know, in addition to being, you know, a world-class Laker fan, and in addition to obviously being, you know, the offspring of Cube, you're an accomplished actor in your own right. Now, you broke out in the scene with Straight Outta Compton. I thought Den of Thieves was like your best work, but you were also in Just Mercy. I was curious as to, as Hollywood is trying to navigate through this pandemic, do you have any projects we need to be looking at or looking forward to seeing and how tricky has it been to getting those things completed with everything being so disjointed? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a new, it's a new grind. There are new rules in place. There's a, it's a new game. Uh, I'm still working on Swagger. Swagger is a, uh, a series that is executive produced by Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin, who should have been a Laker, Durant, and uh, Rich <laughs> Kleiman. And they, uh, yeah, we've been grinding on this thing for about a year now. Uh, on the 27th, it'll actually be my year anniversary of working on this. And it's all because of COVID. COVID put Hollywood on, on pause. And, you know, coming back, everything that we do is to ensure the safety of the crew and the cast. And so if it takes longer, yeah, it takes longer. But it's all about everyone staying healthy, staying safe. We have our own bubble, our own bubble protocol that we follow. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure not only Swagger, but, you know, any project I do after this uh, is going to be the the same thing. I know you guys can look forward to, like I said, Swagger. We, we're going to be finishing up soon. Um, I have a – I got a big fish in the boat that I can't really talk about yet, so I'll text you guys about it later. Okay. And then um, – <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting ready for uh, Den of Thieves 2 at the end of uh, this year. Okay, awesome. I love it. I love it. I love there's so many good things coming down the pipe for you. Now, let me ask you this. Um, the Lakers got a road trip coming up. 
here where they're going to face off against the Philadelphia 76ers and a friend of yours, Glenn Doc Rivers. Do you have any messages for him and his new team on the way out here? No, no, no. You know, now that Doc done moved all the way back to the East Coast, he's not on the Celtics, he's not a Clipper. I don't care what he do. I'm happy. Go ahead, black man. Go ahead. Get your, get your bread. Do whatever you got to do. I hope y'all stay healthy because I don't want to hear no excuse. If y'all make it to the finals and we got to whoop on y'all, I, you know, I pray the best for you as long as the best is second place. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. O'Shea Jackson Jr., follow him on Twitter. Make sure you support all his work. My man, thank you so much for always making time for us. We appreciate you. Stay healthy and stay safe. Yes, sir. Of course, man. Before I get out of here, I want to say a rest in peace to the great Hank Aaron. You know, I'm not a baseball guy, but I am a black man. So I got to give it up. Shout out to Hank Aaron. And, of course, to everybody out there who loves the Lakers or hates the Lakers, remember, Lakers in five. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Be good. All right, bro. Take care. All right, bro. <laughs> There's O'Shea. Uh, all right, LZ, you and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in about two or three minutes, and we'll do some crosstalk. Last, basically, segment of the weekend for us here. Is we, I mean, if you want to get the nay ready, feel free. Or, you know. Oh, it's been chilling. Yeah. You know, you, are the, uh, you got some roaches left there still, too, or no? You know what? I eventually had to stomp those roaches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my lips started to feel the warmth. All right, we got a break. Laura's has got to get the commercials in. So, Kaplan is joining us in two and a half minutes. Crosstalk next. The uncorking will commence in about uh, 10 or 12 minutes. You listen to KSB in Los Angeles. This segment is brought to you by uh, Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. Scott Kaplan is here. Scott, how the hell are you? My goodness, I miss you guys. I need more of you guys. Like, I, I hate when we're not crossing over. You know, like you guys are on, then maybe a Laker game, then maybe Sliwa, then me. Yeah. Or maybe you guys are off or whatever. I come on late. I miss you guys. We miss well, you thanks, too. brother. Appreciate it. But remember, variety yeah. is the spice of life. It is. Mm. So you're spicy right now is what you're telling us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are the spice. You, we don't get to talk to you as often as we used to. And by the way, next week we won't talk to you all that much either because we're only on Tuesday and Friday because the Laker game's on the East Coast. So, yeah. uh, so there'll be that. But, uh, you know – I- can I ask LZ a question about his roaches that he had to stop yeah, out? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because your lips were getting hot. Is that right? Well, if the roaches get too small and you're an aggressive inhaler as I am, yeah. uh-huh. you, you risk burnage. And yeah. so um, I could. I, the last time I was digging through my roaches in the ashtray, I felt a little warmth. Mm. So I was like, I better get rid of these before I mess around and, you know, scar myself and then end up on ABC with like a burn mark on my face. <laughs> I will say this. The last time I had to uh, address something like that, I yeah. almost singed one of my eyebrows off. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, is that you get a little older and you start to throw those away. You're, and and right. some people, sounds like LZ would be this kind of person, would be like, yo, what are you doing? There's like, still what? plenty What's there? Up? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. there's a lot more left, yeah. you know? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I know, but dude, it's not like it was back then. You know, I can, I, I can get more easily now. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, and, I don't uh, forget my roots, man. I, well, I don't, I, I don't forget I wanted, my roots. I wanted to talk to you about those roots, you know, because when I was in school, LZ, when I was a freshman in college, we had a bunch of guys that I played college ball with from Detroit. Right, and mm-hmm. and, and you are at the University of Pittsburgh at that time. University so of for Pittsburgh. No, you are the kicker for the University of Pittsburgh. 
and we got a quarterback. His name is Darnell Dickerson. And this guy that is, is a great black athlete. name. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sweet Lord Jesus. You just saved that story for Black History Mom. That is a black Darnell know, what? Cap, you should have held on to that one for like 10 more days. Right. Dog. <laughs> this guy's name was Darnell Dickerson, okay? And this guy was a great player. He was great, man. He was a great quarterback. He was drafted in the first round of the baseball draft. Or he, he, was, uh, he was offered a scholarship to Georgetown to play basketball. I mean, this guy could do anything he wanted to. He was that kind of athlete. But he didn't put in the time in school and didn't want to do anything with school and eventually failed out. And, uh, and then when he wound up coming back, he came back as a wide receiver, and he was great at that too. But this dude, I can remember being like 18 years old, and I'm way out of my element, you know, and he's teaching me about the art of rolling. And I'm telling you, LZ, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm a I'm little white boy from South Florida, and this dude's from, you know, the city, from Detroit, hardcore, and he's teaching this to me, man, and I have – that's a skill right now. You see, a lot of people don't have that skill, LZ. I got that skill. You got that skill? You keep yes, it tight? Because I, I can't right. stand when you pick up a roll and it's loose and then some stuff fall out. And yeah, but new... nowadays you don't even need to do any of that stuff. They got like a cone for you and everything. Yeah. You just got to yeah. grind that thing up and, you know, slide it all in. Use the little, uh, you know, the little uh, wooden thing to pack it. And uh, at least so I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, damn, George, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I hear. So, so I hear. Yeah. So you know, rumor has it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've so been talking a lot. Talking of dudes a lot. from Detroit, by the way. Just a I'm lot sorry? of dudes from Detroit. Chad C. High School. Does that sound familiar? Chad C. Who? High. Chad C. That was the school in Detroit. Chad C. Chad C. High. I think C-H-A-D-S-Y. I think that was the school. Inner City Detroit is what I they yeah. They were like six dudes on our team from that school. Wait, which year are we talking about here? Detroit. No, Indeed. which year? Which year? Oh, uh, late eighties, right? Yeah, late eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, late know, 80s. I don't remember a Chad C. All right. Well, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to make sure because if I'm screwing it up, then I'm going to really sound dumb. I don't remember a Chad C. Of course, I didn't know every single high school in Detroit. Yeah, there's a Chad C. Where was this located? Let me see here. Now you got I don't me. Know, man. Now you got me all looking at the locations. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I will, yeah, in the know. interim, ask you about Scott while he's looking sure. that up and trying to figure it out. What do you think of Championship Weekend this weekend? Oh, that um, was over there. Oh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Good part of town, <laughs> bad part of town. No, 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 it was just a part of town I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't mess with. We'll just put it like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what those guys taught me. They taught me those skills. I love Championship Weekend, George. I do. I, I will say this, though. I'm going with both road team underdogs to win. Wow. Hmm. So you go with Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. There's just something telling me Buffalo this weekend. Maybe it was – and maybe I'm making a big mistake. Maybe what happened last week was when Mahomes went out, you know, they had a lead. Cleveland didn't capitalize, and they snuck by. And, you know, the big plays at the end of the game – with Henny at quarterback, the big run, and then the, the fourth down gutsy pass. I, I, something about Buffalo just tells me they're built for right now. Well, and it may be ugly, but I, I don't know, man. I, I like Buffalo in this game. You know, they're three-point underdogs. Well, it's interesting. It, so, real quick, LZ, just to give yeah, some context yeah. to that, Football Outsiders did their, um, you know, their, uh, what do they call it, simulations, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the matchup that came out the most – at 31.1% was Green Bay and Kansas City. Uh, but closely behind it was Green Bay and Buffalo at 294 Then a pretty decent drop, 
Tampa Bay, Kansas City, 20.3, and then the, the one that came up the least, 19.2 in their simulation, uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo, which you just chose. Which is the one I like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the one I, I you like. Know, I think a lot of what happens as far as that KC game truly has to do with the overall health of Patrick Mahomes, who just got out of concussion protocol. But remember, mm-hmm. he had a foot injury yeah. last weekend, too, that obviously was hampering him. And so he's a little banged up and, you know, not quite sure – you know, how he's doing health-wise with a very physical and aggressive uh, defense from from Buffalo. So it will be interesting to see how he, you know, he navigates that. But the other game in the NFC, it just feels like that offense is just clicking for the, for the Green Bay Packers. And right. barring some strange, weird sort of thing, whether it's, you know, a, a, a bobbled, you know, punt return that makes an easy score or something like that. I just have a hard time thinking Tampa's going to be able to keep up with that offense. We couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have a hard time keeping up with Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah, Tampa beat New Orleans because of all the turnovers. And exactly. some, of the, some of those were just good, heady plays, but also good fortune, right? That, right. like when, uh, what's his face, the young man... Um, whose dad played in the league, uh, the cornerback, 31 from Tampa. Dante, no, not Dante Hightower Jr. That's not who it is. Um, well, Wingfield Jr. Wingfield, oh, Wingfield Jr. Antoine yeah, Wingfield Jr. I was going to say, was it Darnell? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, it was Darnell, Darnell Dickerson. Dickerson. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Antoine Wingfield Jr., um, when he stripped Jared Cook of that ball, it literally bounced into the safety's hands. Yes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Like, <laughs> like those kind of situations are – I'm not saying it wasn't a good play by by Wingfield Jr., but the other part is very lucky. You know what I'm saying? That it right. bounced right in the gut of uh, his teammate. So I, I'm with you, LZ. I think that that, that challenge is going to be a little more difficult. I, but Tampa Bay's defense has played really well of late. Todd Bowles, good defensive coordinator. The Kansas City, Kansas City thing is interesting um, because historically, Kansas City is in a good place. Uh, Kansas City... Um, the, the last time we've had a rematch from a regular season to a postseason where uh, the team who won on the road played that same team again at home, in the last 28 opportunities, 20 times uh, the same team has won. So if you've beaten them mm. on the road like Kansas City has, as they did with Buffalo earlier this year, where Buffalo only scored 17 points, that same team has won again once they've met them in the playoffs at home, and that's a 71 winning percentage. So historically, as long as Mahomes is healthy, to LZ's point, uh, I feel like Kansas City should win that one uh, pretty easily in my opinion. I actually followed all that, by the way. That was very, very concisely done, George Sedano, when you explained the home, the away, the number of times they've played, the number of times they've won. Like, I literally was sitting here completely zoned in on every detail of what you were saying. It was really well done because it really did tell the story. But in the same, at the same time, I'm, I'm in, in the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, you know how like, I, I sort of have this feeling when LeBron James plays, he's entitled to play for a championship. And I kind of yep. have that same feeling about Tom Brady. Mm. It just seems like whenever he plays, he's right there playing for a championship. So even though Green Bay's on fire, and even though they're playing at home, and yeah, there'll be weather to deal with, and Tampa Bay's coming from the warm weather city, but Brady has played in all of these cold weather games. It's not just him, it's the other guys. There's no Antonio Brown in this game for Tampa Bay. I don't know why. I think it's just a perception of Brady thing. And I just, for some okay. reason, think they're going to win. 
Yeah, I got it. Uh, did you play the Mega Millions before we go today? One billion not. dollars. One billion dollars. Wait a second. Is that when do they, when are they having the draw? I, well, it's too late now, dog. It's going to oh. be uh, the draw ends at seven forty-five. <laughs> oh. So, did you guys play? I did. I put ten bucks on that. B. You know? Really? And is it $2 a ticket or $1 Yeah, a $2 a ticket. All right, so you got five tickets. I got five tickets. You let the machine pick the numbers? No, no, I picked some numbers. All of them? Or all I did. I picked them all. That is the way to do it, because I'm convinced that the system is rigged. Yeah, you ain't letting the machine win, man. And that it is rigged based upon zip codes. You, like, never see stories of, like, billionaires winning the lottery. No. But it's always oh, dude, poor people. The- the Powerball, to your point, LZ, I read the story in, um, on, on, the, on Yahoo uh, two days ago where the person who won, okay, was from a 300-person town in Maryland that's like a poor area, and they don't know who won yet, but it was one winner in this one little convenience store that, uh, that's in this town of 300 people, and <laughs> um, it, it said it was a quick pick. Uh, that one. And oh, to, wow. so to your point, I do think the machines are playing against us here. Yeah. Well, I, I always try and buy lottery tickets when I'm in a place where I'm like, you know what? This is the kind of place where you win. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What does that look you like know geographically? I, I think the last time I bought lottery tickets, I was driving to Mammoth. And if you've ever driven to Mammoth, you yeah. sometimes you find yourself in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Yes, that and is pulled, Central California. Yes, and yes. I, I pulled off at a convenience store and a gas station. I got gas. I went in. I got a water or whatever. And I was like, you know what? This is the kind of place where you win. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm with you. Tickets. That's yeah. a I'm great, you, great theory. Yeah. I, yeah, I do the same thing. If yeah. I'm driving, like when I drive from like you know from L.A. to like back to Phoenix or whatever. I will buy lottery tickets at places where it looks like that's where you'll win. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, LZ and, and Scott, you are buying lottery tickets in the movie Raising Arizona. Like, right. that's that with Nicolas Cage. That, that is what you're doing. But basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically. I'm looking for a place that I think I'm going to win. And then I always say this to the clerk. Yeah. I say this. I say, hey, I will be back because when I win, you win. <laughs> Ooh, like and they that. do they do get a poor they do get like a, a six-figure payout the, yeah. the place that wins yeah but i'm coming back to, to be extra generous yeah is what i'm trying to oh say. yeah yeah right. oh i would do that when i lived in pasadena i used to buy lottery tickets from this one gas station um right off the 210 and and it was this army old armenian dude i loved him he was such a nice man and i would tell him that if i win i'm coming back to hook you up so i i, I would say that i would do yeah. that too that's great what do you got on the show tonight scott before we go all right we're going to talk a lot tonight obviously hank aaron dying today and and you know the whole sports world kind of taking a stop for a moment and saying let's just talk about this uh, i'm no baseball historian but i did go back and kind of watch a bunch of stuff today i want to talk about that uh, michael thompson is going to be here uh, and we're going to talk about the Lakers and what they did last night in this road trip that we're on. And by the way, how about the Nets again? No KD tonight and losing to Cleveland. So yep. I look forward to talking about that. Uh, this weekend, the big UFC fight, Conor McGregor and Dominic Cruz, the former UFC champ, the, the two-time bantamweight champion and Fox Sports analyst is going to be here. And we're going to talk about the big fight weekend coming up. And um, later on tonight, I got this new thing I'm doing. I'm bringing on analysts, but they're not ESPN analysts. They're not Fox Sports analysts. They're YouTube analysts. Okay. And, and they mm. got hundreds of thousands of young people who follow every word they say about baseball or football. It's insane. And so I've gotten into these YouTube dudes. And so I've got my man tonight, Giraffe Neck Mark. 
coming on tonight. You, you guys know Giraffe Neck? No, no, I'm not familiar no. with his work, but I'm oh, curious really? to hear it. Oh, yes. wait till you hear this stuff. He's going to make us all rethink what we do for a living. This guy's 24 years old, lives in New York, is a full-time YouTuber, has 170,000 subscribers, and this guy's making bank. All right. I like that. All right. So. There's the model right there. Scott, have a great show and have a great weekend. I'm going to go uncork. All right. Happy uh, Friday to both of you guys. Have a great weekend. I'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, brother. Have All a right. great show. LZ, excellent work as always. You too, brother. Uh, Laura, great to have you back. Greg, great job as well. Uh, Scott Kaplan Show is coming up next. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Tuesday after the Lakers game on Monday. See ya.